Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Hey, Craig. First half. Well, this for is for you to easy. feel like they're going to win the game. This is pretty easy, right? So they uh, in the last what is it like the last three games against uh, against uh, Pac-12 competition? They've given up thirty-eight unanswered points, right? Isn't it something like that? Or 38, 38 points. Thirty-eight points in the USC. second half. Right, thirty-eight points in the second half against Utah. Thirty-eight points in the well, second half. The last USC. USC game, they gave up. 35 in the first quarter. Right. So, and then, so, uh, so Oregon USC, the they've thing. given up 38 in the second half. Uh, they gave, thir- but, but USC was after Oregon. So USC went 35 okay. in the first quarter. Yeah, there we go. Okay. So anyway, and then I think the answer is clear. They Utah would have to have a lead of 39 points in the second half, whatever. They would have to have a 39 point lead in the first half. That's yes. what it would have to be. I mean, that's an easy one to answer. You thought you were going to stump me with that one. You thought you were going to get some sort yeah. of rhetorical answer. It's a high no, bar. it's very, it's very concrete. Thirty nine points will yeah, do the I trick. Thought, I thought maybe we could discuss it more, but it's very thirty nine <laughs> points will this do is the actually, trick. This actually has a logical answer. Good lord, the fuck, Craig. <sighs> well, this is podcast me. versus everyone. I'm Craig Powers. With me, as always, Jeff Newser, trying Hello. to find my mouse so I could click and see. It's episode 132. <laughs> it um, is 132. Yeah. Yeah, I meant try to find my mouse. Cause, like, I have, I have like, the double screens, and, and I when, yes. whenever we record, I push my laptop farther back on my desk so I can put my mic in front of my face. Yeah, yeah. And so that kind of yeah. messes up the, you know, the orientation of my screens. Yes. So yes. I, when I'm trying to go between them. So, and, but that also had double meaning for you, Jeff, so yeah. whatever. Yeah, you, yeah. You, we... had, you had to find your mouse. <laughs> trying to find well. the mouse. We, right before we start, so for the listeners, right before we started recording, uh, my wife came in and was frantically looking for like a towel. And I'm like, why are you looking for it? I'm like, is there water? Like, what are we, what do we got going on here? Uh, and she said, the cat brought in a mouse. It was in like kind of this like uh, other room we've got that leads out to our back patio. And um, the, now I, I do not think that this mouse could have gotten under the closed door, but you know, whatever she was, uh, our cat brought this rodent inside and she was uh, freaking out because she thought this rodent might be able to sneak under the door. And I was like, I don't I don't think the rodent can sneak under the door. But anyway, here's a towel. 
So, so as far as I know, the rodent is, uh, you know, in that room somewhere. Uh, hopefully the, hopefully the cat kills it and takes it back outside. More likely the cat's going to kill it and leave it sit right in the middle of the floor. So, well, it's a present for you. Yeah. 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 Cause we, uh, so the cat has been in the garage last couple days. We had, we had a litter of kittens and the kittens are now about six weeks old. So she doesn't need to really be out there with them anymore, but, um, she, uh, you know, sometimes she ends up in the garage with them kind of shut in there and she does not like being in there in the garage anymore. She wants to be out playing and hunting things. And so whenever she gets like locked in there for a couple of days with, with them, um, she, whenever she gets let out, she wants to go find a prize for us to show her gratitude for being released from the garage, I suppose. So, or, or maybe it's a, maybe it's an offering so that we don't do it again. I'm honestly not sure which it is, but it's one well, of, it's something like that. Well, speaking of feeling captive, I, I felt pretty <laughs> captive in Martin Stadium for that uh, second half. You know, you I'm can an idiot leave, right? and I stay. I know, I, but yeah, if I'm an idiot and okay. I have to stay because I want to see what happens. I want to see what like young players or different players or fourth year quarterbacks come in late. And then uh, I stayed if, because you stayed. <laughs> and I'm well, like, I also got to. I, I also got to go. go. We we moved down and sat next to Emma and her dad. Casey, oh well, that, so was that was nice. That was that was so you know for the last that was, like that the Cam Cooper drive yeah, we got yeah. to talk and and make fun of our stupid football team yeah, yeah. and and but uh, mostly our stupid football coach but yes uh, <laughs> I don't like making fun of the players too much um, no. no it's uh, not their but, fault yeah. it's not their fault yeah yeah so uh, man so the start of that game was I I I fell for it again honestly. We always well, do. It well, and it, it it's not just that they were just straight up dominating USC. Yeah. Like yeah, it wasn't were. a fluky fourteen zero. It should have yes. been more. Yes. Yep. Dropped. Uh, you know, if Calvin Jackson catches that throw, then it's 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 more. You know, I mean, it it would have been three touchdowns. Would have been twenty one to nothing at that point. So. Yeah, they had. So yeah, you look at the. Uh, the breakdowns, the quarter and half, like first half, they had of a hundred. Well, USC did out because USC's final drive of the first half was ninety three yards, which accounted for roughly half of their yards in that entire half. Yep, was their final drive. Yep, first quarter WSU's one thirty nine to forty. You know, and then really they started slowing down in the second quarter. That's when. Uh, they were kind of start USC was start, starting to figure them out. Some of that, some of that again. was also field position though, too, right? Like we had a turnover deep in their territory. Yes. So that's part of it too. I mean, opportunity, there wasn't but necessarily the opportunity. Those turnovers. Correct. You know, but that's what I'm saying. Though. Part of the yardage was there just wasn't a lot of field to work with at that point, but you know, I mean, it's, yeah, that's know, fair. Yeah. You would just figure, you know, okay, like be okay. It'd be okay. It's going to be okay. And then it, it very wasn't okay. Second half. Well, it's so funny <laughs> as, as soon as USC got that touch, it's like, you, I knew I was going to feel bad as soon as they broke through. Yeah. Cause as, as we, we talked with uh BA a lot, like I know you talked about too. Yep. Like they, USC's it, it didn't, it's not like USC was like, having a letdown because they lost their coach. Like they were fired up. Well, they, like, they I, wanted to I, win this game. I will say this. They, they seemed a little flat early. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, like, they also changed their quarterback. Yeah. I mean, they, they you know, I, I think WSU came out ready to play, which is great. Um, and that is something that we do pretty regularly. So that's good, you know. Uh, and USC was a little bit on their heels in that first half. I mean, they, you know, yeah, they had, we knocked their quarterback out, nothing dirty, but you know, we knocked him out of the game. Um, you know, we get a couple turnovers where, you know, that might've been bad for us doing that. Might've been because as you detailed last week, uh, Slovis has not been great. So, you know, I mean, kind of everything was, was going right for us and, and USC, I mean, I wouldn't say they were like hanging their heads, but it also, you know, they, it's not like they were jumping around celebrating the fact they were kind of getting smacked around a little bit. And then, um, and then that, you know, when that fourth down sequence, when that, that goal line sequence happened, right. When it was, uh, you know, we had first and goal from the one and they stuff us. And then they stuff us again. And actually, remind me of the order. Was was Jackson's drop on second down or third down? It was down? on second down, I believe. Second down, okay. So they stuff us. And then, okay, great. They're excited. Um, we get we, we basically got them on second down. Dropped the ball. Yeah. Okay. One of your best players wide open. Yeah. Right. So USC feels like, okay, we got second life. And then, um, you know, third down, they stuff us again. And it's like, well, fuck, right? And then we're kind of, there's the indecision. Are we going to go for it? Are we going to not go for it? We end up calling a timeout. And I think that's probably kind of where it turned. Because, you know, to that point, I don't know that USC was sort of like, like doing the USC thing, right? Like you were talking about the enthusiasm, the the engagement. Like, like I kind of didn't sense it up until that point. And then, so they have this timeout, they come out, they stuff us on fourth down when we have just a horrendous play call going to that speed option again is like, that's like amateur hours. That's what high school staffs do, right? Like, Oh, well it worked last week let's and go to the exact same and, play it, call and it's already worked once today. Situation. So let's just do it again. And it's, it's so anyway, just fucking irritating. And when they stuffed us on that, their sideline exploded. And I'm guessing that, you know, the coach, you know, interim coach, you know, he's, he's kind of trying to find his feet too. But, you know, I'm guessing during that timeout, had we not called a timeout, I would have liked our chances better actually. Um, Cause I am guessing that there was quite a bit of challenging of manhood going on uh, during that timeout, you know, you're USC, they are WSU and you're bigger, badder, faster, stronger and like hell are you going to let them score here and then when it's when they stopped it it was like a whole lot of flexing you know and and you know that was the point at which when i was talking to brian anderson about this ba i was like you know we were talking about and he was like that was the point at which i knew we were fucked (laughs) he's like when i saw what they were doing that's when i knew we were in trouble so say i will say it, it wasn't exactly that perfect momentum tie turning because it was seven zero at that point right usc's pinned deep yep. Yep. they get a couple first downs but still the field position is still in wsu's favor they get a short field they come back and score yep. i was having this discussion with a random guy in the stands because he was like we should have kicked it i'm like well like this touchdown we just scored it like was in part because we had good field position you know? right so it's that's the math is weird yep but but yeah, but so that's that's also why momentum is dumb and pointless. But like t- discussing momentum in yes. a football sense is just yes. silly because yes, yes, you would have thought USC had all the momentum. 
But then they punted and WSU scored and took a bigger lead, like right. the very next drive. Yep. So, but really, but I, but I, you know, I agree with Brian though because they were fired up at that point. Yep. I mean, we have we still have enough talent on offense. We could move it down, especially with Delora as quarterback. Like he'd still move down and score. And uh, sorry about my voice, by the way. I had a fun weekend. <laughs> um, yes, you did. Uh, we still moved, can move down and, and score because, you know, we still have talent on offense. If we have talent anywhere, we have it on offense, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but, but, but after, you know, that was it. We were done yeah. at that point. Yeah. Like, that was our last hurrah. Yep. And it was just hold on to your butts. Yeah, because I remember at halftime after USC, uh, we should probably break down how USC scored their touchdown. Um. So we get them to get them to uh, what was a fourth down, right? Yep. We get them to a fourth down. They, it's a decision for them. You know, they they do they try to kick a long field goal? Do they go for it? Whatever. It's fourth and nine, and somehow we end up in a defense that puts Justice Rogers on a slot receiver. Yeah. And 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 no like again, not blaming Justice Rogers on that. He had no shot. No. Like the, he wasn't going to cover him. No. And Justice is like a faster linebacker and still had no shot. Yeah. No. No, that and that was uh that was more more than one time we got caught with a middle linebacker matched up against somebody. They had no business being matched up against. I know Travion Brown got burned another time in the second half. Um I mean, I'm guessing since the middle linebacker was matched up, I mean, I'm guessing it must have been like a Tampa two or something type thing. Um, I don't know why you're not just running, you know, like, uh, you know, cover three or quarters or something. Yeah, Because if you give up a field goal, fine. Well, and not even like, you're not even necessarily giving up a field goal. Like maybe you give up a field well, I mean, goal well, attempt I mean, if you and maybe they up, miss it. But it's like, well, yeah, if you, you know, give up, a, if you give up the nine yards for the first down. But you keep them out of the end zone. The clock's yeah. running. Yeah. Like, there's going to be, like, 25 seconds left at that point. Yeah. Like, there, it's going to be hard for them to, like, it, it, it's just, yeah, it's, it, it's just yeah. another thing where it's, like, like sometimes you, you start to see as the game wears on, uh, the coaching staff just gets outcoached over and yeah. over and over again. Yeah. And, and it, it's so frustrating because, much I, I think even more than that fourth down stop, this really pumped them up. The USC was, I mean, they knew they just like all of us when they scored that touchdown. They knew they had that game. Yeah, like they they were sprinting to the locker room, jumping yep. up and down, high fiving. Yep. That was a huge, huge play. Yep. And then of course, Jaden Dora gets hurt on yeah. the ensuing pointless drive. <laughs> Where he drops back to, they kick it out of bounds, and I'm thinking, all right, well, 30 seconds, you know, uh, maybe, you know, maybe we can move the ball and, and do no something here. No timeouts at that you know. point. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, I mean, clock stops on a first down, right? You never know. But yeah, if you if you could, if you you get, like, if you come out on that first down, hit a, hit a 15-yard completion, yeah. you're in good shape. Yeah, you're yeah. in pretty decent shape. So, I'm thinking, all right, well, then uh, Delora kind of tucks it and goes because there's not really anybody open, and then he gets whacked and twisted around i guess i couldn't really see it from where i was but um you know and that that ended up being the injury that you know caused him not to come in in the second half and 
will very likely doom at least our our, our next <laughs> cause game. him not come in so, for a well bit. yeah cause him not to come in and then cause him to come we'll, in and then we'll cause talk him about to leave that. again the... god um, I, I don't know man it's I, I will say this that that touchdown when that touchdown happened i had the same feeling that usc did which was uh this is this is over this is it it's done it's over it, this game is over um, I tweeted that, you know, anybody remember? Does anybody else remember how the Oregon game went last year? And uh, and everybody got mad at me, including thing, you. Yeah. Including I you. I didn't get mad at you. I just said. <laughs> you yeah. were just like, shut up. You know, it's like, quit like, saying that. Do we have to think about no. this right now? I mean, I didn't want to, but I was like, you know, this is like exactly like that game, right? Like, you know, we, we, we look great. We, we got a lead. And then we and then we puke it up with this giant. Uh, really inexcusable big play where they end up scoring and they shouldn't like they just get these free points that they shouldn't have had. And I don't know, like I, I'm always really reluctant to, to drop the whole, like, like I, I tend to be pretty reserved about the whole out coached thing um, because I'm not, look, I'm not a coach. Right. So like my, my analysis is, uh, you know, fairly amateur. I, I'm not breaking down film. I'm not like, Oh, these are the, Five things that happened that led to what I mean, I'm not Jesse Casino. Like, I'm not like, here are all 13 of Max Borky's runs with analysis of the offensive line. Like, like I can't do that. Um, but what I can say is when you are consistently getting your ass kicked in the second half, you're getting out coached. Like, there's really, I don't think any other uh, explanation for it. I think last year I, I tried to explain it away by saying uh, that, you know, okay, so we're 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 really sh- like we don't have a lot of depth, right? The COVID stuff. Uh, they got a good game plan coming out, and then just kind of run out of gas. Well, I think now it's pretty obvious they're not just running out of gas. Like they are just like the opposing coaching staff is just running circles around them when it comes time to make adjustments or make calls when the pressure ramps up, and they just cannot do it. Like they shit their pants, they cannot do it, and you know it's things like, you know, like I said, the the sprint option which worked a couple times. Like you don't, you don't go to it a third time. Like, like even I know that, um, things like, okay, you got one big defensive play. You like the one thing you have to do is make sure you don't give up a touchdown. And for the second time in seven games in a spot where you absolutely positively could not give up a touchdown, you called a defense that led to a massive gain that eventually scored a touchdown. This one, it was just a touchdown The the Oregon one. It wasn't, but you know what I mean? It's just like, yep. it's like that, that kind of stuff cannot, that is coaching and it cannot happen and it keeps happening. And it's the kind of stuff that just makes you think like this coaching staff is just so out of its depth that, that I don't know that there's really any hope going forward. Well, yeah. And then one, one other thing that kind of made you scratch your head is when uh, WSU comes back out, they receive the kick for the second half. And Victor Gabalas trots out there, yeah, as seemingly the backup quarterback, which that he would be the third string. Oh, quarterback, by by the way, it fair. wasn't, it didn't quite go like that because USC kicked off to start the half and Travell Harris fumbled the ball. Yeah, that was the first right. thing that happened. <laughs> Jeff, that was the first thing to, that happened. Well, that was when you that okay, that was and when you really one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight plays later, they were in the end zone. Tight. The game was tied in the span of just right there, like four minutes of game time, three minutes of game time. All the good feelings were just gone. So then then they kick off again. And then the Victor Gobbles show starts. Gobbles. 
So I yeah, think that's he, how you pronounce I mean, it. Gabalas. So he's know. had he's had what I don't know four or five drives at this point. Yeah, and WSU has not gotten a first down on any of those drives. No, um, no he definitely they've he's only thrown the ball to very like middle. You know, I, they seem to just get him some like five yard outs. Uh, it they don't seem to have him do much when he's in there. No, um, which makes me wonder. Like, I mean, Cam and Cooper came in and was playing against USC's backups. To be fair, and, and yep. got, Victor came in when yeah. we, we have USC no idea how to actually pronounce it. Fired up. <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. I know his first name is Victor. Yeah. So he came in. USC's as fired up as can be. The game is on the line. Whatever. So it's not really a comparison, right? Right, right. But we saw some things like Kevin, his mobility, things like that. But it makes you wonder, like, what is guy, this guy looking – what is Cam looking like in practice, man? Yeah. Because, like, Victor doesn't look that – it looks like they're – but – and to be fair, he is the third-string quarterback. Yeah. So you, you, you basically at that point have had your two starting – your your – your two first two quarterbacks are down to injury. So you, you know, you could kind of give the offense a little bit of leeway there because yeah. you, you're, you're down to no one and their third quarter negative two yards. Oh my the God. Entire quarter. Let me ask you this. So I have a question for you. So do you have, so you, you, you mentioned like, okay, I, I wonder how bad Cam Cooper's looking in practice, right? Do you have any faith at all that Nick Rolovich has any clue who actually the better quarterback is? Um, no. I mean, especially when you're looking at the Delora versus Garantano thing. Right. Because that I mean, was I think so it's pretty clear obviously that Delora is a better wrong. quarterback. Yeah, yeah, that was so obviously and blatantly wrong. And we heard from people at practice that were like, Delora outplayed him. So it, you know, they're not necessarily experts either but they watch a lot of football and sure you know i trust it it's yeah it's it's just uh who knows what politics are going on in that qb room yeah because i mean that's the thing like i'm going like you got four quarterbacks on scholarship right you got you got delora you got garantano you got cooper and you got xavier ward right so you got these four guys on scholarship and your choice to come into the game against USC is your walk-on. And and no shade against walk-ons. Walk-ons are awesome. They serve a wonderful, important purpose for the program. But I also know that you are Some generally... records, all yeah, the passage records. The like, you're generally in deep shit if a guy who's a walk-on is playing quarterback for you. Especially against USC. <laughs> right? And you're talking about, okay, so what was that total in the, four, in the, in the third quarter? Negative, negative two, yards. negative two yards. So, I mean, as I'm looking at these drives, you know, and again, I don't want to pick on the poor kid. Like it's not his fault. Like he's, he's put in this situation, his first drive, uh, completion for zero yards, completion for four yards, punt, uh, second drive, uh, completion for six yards, incomplete pass. And that was one where he actually had Travell Harris kind of on like a little corner route. Um, yeah, from the just inside, he just overthrew him. Overthrew, overthrew. Yeah, yeah, just overthrew him, and then sacked. Okay, so six yards, incomplete pass, uh, ten yard sack where a blitzer. He just never, ever, ever saw the blitzer coming. 
Um, dude came kind of like a, like a little, just a like a heartbeat delayed blitz. Um, just never saw him and got clobbered. And then the next drive is, uh, first time he drops back to pass on second and 10, uh, in the end zone, he again gets clobbered. Um, maybe not totally his fault. His offensive line didn't do him any favors, but still had no idea. Did not see what was coming. Got clobbered, fumbled the ball. USC recovers and, and scores a touchdown to make it 28 to 14. That happened right in front of me. And I'm just like, Oh my God. And then, so this is when Jaden Delora comes back magically. His knee is okay. Right. Yeah. Right. So no coach would ever put a guy in a game that maybe he was still hurt. So it's 28, 14 when Delora comes in, right? Yes. Right. So now you've given up 28 consecutive points. Uh, including a couple of touchdowns while uh, Gabalas has done nothing. Delora comes in and promptly heaves a ball down the right side that is easily intercepted. And then five for six plays later, another touchdown. (laughs) 28-0 in the second quarter. Or third quarter, I'm sorry. 28-0 in the third quarter. In the third quarter. Oh. 172 then, total yards to negative two total oh, yards. My God. WSU ran what? Eight, nine, yeah. uh, 13 yeah. plays. Yeah. One was an interception. I guess 14. One was a fumble. Oh. Yep. Or no, because that, that'll be included in the rush attempt. So, it, yeah, just yeah. gosh. So, okay. no, 12 plays. 12 plays for negative two yards. It's not so, a good. Not a good thing. What were you thinking when Delora came back in? This doesn't matter. We already lost. Why are you doing this? Yeah. And like, I'm looking at it going like, okay. And I know it's like, if he wasn't well enough to play before, why is he well enough to play now? Right. And my assumption was that he talked his way into the game. Uh, it certainly seems like that's what it was. The, the way that Rolovich described it was that Delora gave him the thumbs up. <laughs> so, he, so he went back in, and it was obvious that he could not throw. Like, whatever was going on with his knee, and, and it was his plant knee, not his, uh, not, his push, not his push leg, but his plant leg. Um, but still, like, he was just not able to get on top of his throws at all. The, the, uh, the, the deep throw was underthrown. The other throws were sailed like he just could not get on top of his throw. Um, And so then, okay, now I want to know what are you thinking when third down rolls around and Gabalas comes running back in? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are you thinking? Like, what is like, well, you think I think Delora hurt himself again. Like that's and, and so I'm thinking so you brought him back in and he just made it worse. I'm just like, I'm just thinking like, what a clown show. Like the coach literally has no, and I know that like, I know that so much of this is going to sound like piling on. Like I get it. Like if people, anybody listen to this is like, yeah, well, Rolovich can't do anything right. These fucking guys hate Rolovich. Well, you're right. Okay. You're right. But it's like, you know, people earn the benefit of the doubt, right? So if Mike Leach does something weird with a quarterback, like when he did that weird yo-yo stuff with, with uh, Luke Falk and Tyler Holinsky that year in 2017. And we're like, why is he doing this? Why isn't he doing that? 
you know, like Mike Leach has earned some benefit of the doubt with how he handles quarterbacks, whether we agree with how he did it or not or whatever. Like he's earned some benefit of the doubt. Rolovich has not earned that. And in fact, was pretty famous for fucking with his quarterbacks in Hawaii. Not famous, but like known for that. And it's like, and I'm watching this and I'm just going like, man, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And I don't know, man. Like, I just like, like, I try to give him the benefit of the doubt where I can just so that at least I can sort of appear impartial. But man, he makes it so hard. Yeah. And and I mean, yeah, it sucks that they, you know, if, if you thought Delore was fine to play, why did why did you put Gabalas in for two? Exactly. Drives? Exactly. Like, he, why didn't Delora just keep playing? Why did it take? You had an entire halftime to figure out if he could play. Yes. You, you like what? So what happened in the next? Like so, finally yes. it was like, oh crap! Well, we're in deep shit. I, I, we better put Delora in now to save the day or mitigate the loss or whatever. Um. And and again, like they they're definitely getting some bad luck with these QB injuries, no doubt. Yeah. But still, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, if you think the guy's injured or can't play, leave him out. Like, it's, yeah. It, 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 if, it, if he can't talk you into it in the 15-minute or 20-minute halftime, then well, what did he do in the, ne- the next 20 minutes nothing. that convinced you? I'm, I'm, I'm so he did confused. nothing. I was right there. I was right by the sideline. I could see what was happening. He did nothing. It's not like he was testing out, running around. Uh, it's not like he was, you know, kind of throwing the ball, trying to get loose. Like, I would understand it even if, like, so oh, they by said the way, that, did you see Garantano warming up yes. as well? Yes, he was throwing Which with Xavier like, Ward, and I'm like, I don't know, man. Well, it's funny. Rolovich said he was an emergency quarterback, and I was like, it, I think at that point it was like 38 to 14. I'm yeah. Like, this is not an emergency. No. Just run – just put a running back in the backfield and run straight forward at this point. Yeah. Everyone wants to go home. Like, yeah. it's like... I don't know. I mean, if, if Delora had been in the locker room, Cabalas comes out, nobody can find Delora, and then Delora comes jogging out of the locker room, okay, let's give it a go, right? But it's like he came out with the team, he had the brace on, he was just kind of standing there, and then now that you're down by two touchdowns, you're going to bring him in? Like... B.A. and I talked about this, too. Like, they put Delora in these positions to be a hero. And it's like, (laughs) what do you think you're going to get when you put a 20-year-old or a 19-year-old in a position to play hero ball? Like, like, this is what you get. This is what you get. And, And it's not good. They just, the coaching staff really does look clueless. Um, and that, man, that is... That is a tough thing to watch. That is a tough thing to watch. I mean, we we have not had to watch that in a very long time. And, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of comparisons here to Paul Wolf uh, over the next few weeks, um, which, you know, are maybe somewhat valid, but also somewhat invalid, depending on how you're comparing them. Um, but in terms of, like, just being out of your depth, that's a valid comparison. These guys are so far out of their depth. Um, and that is that is just frustratingly heartbreaking for sure oh and and i think uh the the natives are getting restless still oh yeah the amount of touches of, that max borgie gets because <laughs> um, he's th- 13 touches this game that's it no catches I, 13 13 rushing attempts i think he got hurt 
Uh, he looked like it. Yeah. He there he there looked like there was a hitch. Yeah. He he took one hit and I don't remember exactly when it was. It was in the first half. Um where he got chopped down but he pretty kept playing. He did keep playing, no doubt. No doubt he kept playing cuz he's tough as hell, but um he got chopped down on his leg and kind of came off the field and was was doing he had a little hitch in his giddy up. Um to the point where you're kind of like, well, eh, that doesn't look good. Well, then he comes back you're like, "Oh, he's fine." And then I, I think it was probably a combo. I think he wasn't totally fine, but I also think, you know, USC, you know, did their USC thing. I mean, after that first quarter, I don't know how many rushing yards we had after the first quarter, but it definitely was not much. I can look. Yeah, I can look. Um, so they had 14 in the second quarter, and then in the second half, uh, they had 32. 46 rushing yards and they had 53 in the first quarter. Yeah. And some of that in the, in the third quarter was sacks. There were two sacks, but but I'm not, I'm not seeing the running back, but uh, still numbers, but (laughs) But still that's, uh, you know, we figure, okay, so there were two sacks. I think he lost just, I was just looking at it. I think the two sacks, he lost 10 yards and five yards. So minus 15. So we had three rushing yards outside of the two sacks. So two carries for three yards in the third quarter. So in the second quarter and third quarter, we had seven, uh, seven, 21 rushing yards on 10 attempts well, in and, the second and, and third quarter. Uh, Cam and Cooper had a couple runs yes. when he was in as well. Yes. So he, he had – so if you look at that, you take out the quarterback running stats – that's that's seven carry seven or I'm sorry nine nine for twenty six. Yep. So the running backs had twenty one for uh, seventy three. Yeah. And yep. Max was thirteen of seventy two of that. Yep. Yep. Really awful. Really, really, really awful. Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking at Mac and I gave Macintosh's stats to Dolores, so there was less QB run, QB yardage in there, but whatever. Um, so just add 20. So there was 93 rushing yards for the running backs. On uh, yeah, Macintosh wasn't. Uh, there was, uh, there was a, uh, I believe it was a third and one, and it was, I think, in the second, the third quarter. Uh, and they had uh, Gabala, or they, I don't know if it's Gabalas, but they, they had, uh, USC had three guys in the middle. Like, and the, they had a nose tackle and they had two linebackers. Like, and they had McIntosh in. And you're thinking, just hand it. Like, just get the yard. You're struggling right now. Just get it. And they don't do it. And they punt. And, um, but, you know, whatever. Uh, it's, it's what I what what I tweeted earlier today is um, this is all of Nick just to talk about kind of where this fits in the grand scheme of things, uh, you know, because uh, I don't I don't Jeff, do you have anything else to say about this stupid? No, game? no. I mean, just, you know, it, it every everything we said, I think I think pretty well, pretty well covers it. So this is this is every game in the Nick Rolovich era. Let me just list them. It, with their biggest lead in the final score, except for the game where they have never had a lead. And that was only one. They've had a double-digit lead in all but one of his games. 
Uh, so they led OSU 28 to 7. They won 38 28. You may remember that that game got to 31 28. I do. Um, and then they got, uh, I think, uh, 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 they used, a, you know, a, not a trick play, but a kind of a. Yeah, a nifty little play. Their most play. creative play, which was yeah. smart. You know, it worked. Yeah. Yep. We were hyped. Yeah, we were like, look then at Nick next... Rolovich, creative little play to get a touchdown. Then the next game, they come out, they're up 19 7. They yep. lose 43 to 29. Yep. Then the next game. They give up thirty five points in the second in the first quarter and then lose thirty eight thirteen. Uh they led Utah twenty eight to seven, then gave up thirty eight consecutive points to lose forty five twenty eight. We all remember that one well. They led Utah State twenty three to eleven. Uh, can't forget this one, then lost twenty six to twenty three. They led Portland State 30, 37-10, 144-24. That one doesn't really matter. The, the, but they led USC 14-0. Again, gave up 45 straight points, topping their previous record of giving up 38 straight points um, to lose 45-14. So in one, two, three. Uh, so three of those games, four of those games, right? Yep. Double-digit leads. And not... Yeah, like double-digit leads, and they end up losing in three of those games, lose by two touchdowns or more. And then the other one, they didn't get the double-digit lead until like eight minutes left in the game and blew that. So um, it's it's a disturbing trend, to say the least. Like to just get completely – like just get completely demolished in the second halves over and over and over again. And especially in the then when when you look at the games against the pack the last three games against Pac twelve competition, I know two of those against Utah like U USC and one was against Utah, but also is USC really that good? We don't know. Uh they just got their shit kicked in by Stanford, so USC fans um, are pretty excited about it, let me tell you. Yeah. They're back, baby. And I'm like, that looks like a team to me that's going to win four or five games the rest of the way. <laughs> like, yeah. like that does not look like a team that's going to suddenly rip off six or uh, seven or eight wins. Um, so, but yeah, it's I don't but know. Good for and, them. And and like like you said, like it's we're we're not coaches. Like it's I I can't explain exactly like why this keeps happening. Other than you know, from our perspective, it's like well they're getting out coached. Like it that. The, the other team figures out what they're doing in the first half, and then they just f- counteract it to the extreme. Like it's, it's, it's nuts. Like I, it's, it's crazy that this th- same thing can happen over and over again. Well, and I'm, I'm, I'm all I'm ears if there's another explanation. Like if there's another explanation for how this well, happens over and over, I'd, last, I'd love to hear it. Last year, you know, we just thought, okay. Well, they were down so many players due to COVID protocols yeah. that they were just running out of gas. Well, that's not the case this year. Nope. And the same thing is happening. Yep. So I don't know how else you explain it, to be honest. Man. I don't know. <sighs> I, I mean, is there – so I guess this is the bigger question. And guess who we're well, – guess where we're going next week. Yeah. Again. I'm sure things will get better while we're in Salt Lake City. 
Um, yeah. I mean, look, do you, I'm of the opinion that this, I mean, look, we already know that I started the season thinking I was already fairly pessimistic about where this season was probably headed. Right. Um, I when when we did our binary picks, I was at four wins. Uh, when we did our, you know, probability picks, I was at like five ish wins. Um, and so I, I mean, none of this surprises me. Um, obviously I, you know, I predict us lose to USC. Um, the loss to Utah state was unexpected. So that, that kind of pulls some things down a little bit. Um, I mean, do you think there's any hope at all that this season can be turned around or redeemed? Cause I'm just like, I'm like, like I'm in the middle of writing my Monday after, which I did have not gotten to write yet. Cause I spent two and a half hours at the water treatment specialist today at my house, trying to figure out how much money I was going to shell out for that. And I'm just like, but, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of in the midst of writing. Like, like I honestly think this year's already over. Like, I don't see any way, yeah. any way that they turn this around. And I'll just, you know, looking at the, the tenor on Twitter and, and other Coug places and talking to people in the, in the RV lots and at the Cougar, whatever, like it, I, you, you get the feeling like a lot of people are that way. You know, a lot of people are going to say, nah, I'm not going to Pullman. I'm not, I'm not taking the time to do that. I'm going to spend the money to do that. Like they're, they're maybe they're not going to prioritize finding the game. You know, a lot of it started because people were just sick of the coach before the season even started. Yep. And then, yeah, if you're sitting at three and zero right now, or you're two and one, and maybe narrowly lost to USC or something, like people probably you probably could have brought some people back who, you know, like they just want to see the good football and cool. But when you combine the two factors, yes, of a coach who has put us into controversy as a as a university, and then just the like the worst on field performance we've seen in a while. And it's just, uh, it, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to be excited about it. And no, I don't have any hope. Someone was asking me, um, in the tailgate after the game, uh, you know, how many more wins are left on the schedule? And I was like, maybe Arizona. Yeah. You know, Arizona's real bad. Arizona is very, very, very bad. I think I think Arizona's definitely worse than us. And we got him at home in November. So but the rest of them, man, it's gonna be they're gonna be underdogs in every game. BYU looks pretty good. Yep. Pro- they look better than, than we thought they were, probably. Yep. Uh Stanford looks better than we thought they were. Yep. Um those were those were a couple of the winnable ones that we had on the schedule. Um, you got a lot of tough road games. It's, uh, you know, a two and 10 looks, uh, very real right now. And obviously things could change. Who knows? Um, but, uh, it's just looking at the last, you know, the first seven games of sample we have with the staff. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to feel positive. Yep. I'm feeling the same way. I think I'm already at the point where I'm like the the like like I'm it's ready. To, I'm ready to declare the program is toast. Like like there's no coming back from this program wise. 
that that it it is it's actually done with him um and it's not just him it's like it's it's the you know it's the whole coaching staff right like they all play into things like those collapses uh you know obviously somebody is making the play call that leads to that touchdown at the end of the first half but also you know was was there a blown assignment maybe not maybe it's just the play call but it's like okay so either it's it's a dumbass play call or uh somebody blew a coverage and either way it's on you the coaching staff right um i just don't you know recruiting is a is a train wreck right now i know that people will say oh well look you know their average star rating is about what it normally is or a little higher and that's great i mean i'm not going to argue with that that's true but when you've gotten exactly one commitment since Rolovich's yeah. the uh, vaccination the, stat, the number of commitment commits right? matters too. <laughs> that matters too. So we are now, you know, just a few months away from signing day, and we have eight commits. And the only commit we've gotten in, since Rolovich announced he was not getting vaccinated is a guy who, uh, you know, for you know, for all we know, may turn out to be great, but also was a not rated recruit who has been like a backup on his teams. Like, you know, like maybe we're out in front of the game on that. Maybe the kid's going to be amazing, but you know, I mean, let's, let's be real about who has committed since Rolovich announced that he was not getting vaccinated back in July. And it is, it's, it's man, it is bad. I, I feel like we are witnessing, you know, last week I said, I feel like we're witnessing sort of the real time, uh, you know, the real time dismantling of the leech era I mean, I'm at the point where I'm like, we are full on death spiral. Like we are in a death spiral and only one thing can solve it. And that is like wholesale change. And I don't know who, so somebody, I don't even remember who I think it was. I think it was Brian's friend, AJ was kind of pushing me at the tailgate. Like, well, who do you go get? Who do you go get? And I'm like, you know what? That's not my problem, which sounds kind of funny or weird, but like, really, that's not my problem. I am not the AD. It's the AD's job to know who to go get. I don't know who's that's, available. That's just like a that's just like a different version of a sunk cost fallacy, yeah. right? Like I don't know who to go get. Like just because I can't name a person doesn't mean there's not somebody better. Like that's not my job. That you know, if I'm the AD, my job then is to figure out. Okay, this guy sucks. Our program's in a death spiral. You cut bait sooner rather than later before you do any more damage. You just say, you know what? It was a mistake. We got to go get another guy. It's a university friendly contract. We know that. Right. So if we do it at the end of this year, I think he's only owed a couple million dollars, which in the grand scheme of things is like nothing as 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 yeah, awful gave, as that sounds. They, Chun paid seven point two million dollars to get rid of Ernie. Right. And so, OK, so a couple million dollars well, to make him go away. Right. Yeah. Five. You know, so. Four years, yeah. I, three years. Four point two. Yeah. I don't know. What, I think it was seven million dollars total that he was paid. It was a lot. Under Chun. It was a lot. It was too much. Too much. Um, but this is already. We, if if anyone wants to draw any comparisons to Paul Wolf, Paul Wolf made six hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. Nick Rolovich makes three million dollars yeah. a year. And I mean, and that's just part of the market right now. Yes. Honestly, it's not. I don't even. I don't even like. I I think we said like it. It's when he got hired, we said like the salary was higher than we would have thought. But the trade off is but, the university friendly buyout. That's yeah, the trade-off. which may be a big deal. Soon. Yeah, I mean, it's only yeah. a percentage of his base salary. It's not even 100% of his base salary. It's like, what is it, like 60%, I think? Something like that. 60% of the mm-hmm. base salary is all he's owed 
for any years for which he is fired without cause. And that's the other piece. He might get fired with cause too. So who knows? And I'll I'll say this, like, you know, Kook Center started, you know, you started Kook Center right when Paul Wolf was hired. Literally. And we spent a couple years just trying to figure out ways that it wasn't a total epic disaster. Like we're just trying, okay, baby business. But then there was just a point. And for you, I think it was the Seattle game against Oregon State in 2009. Where, for a lot of people, it was. uh, Where it was just like, no, this doesn't work. Yep. And so now I think we're a little more sensitive. At least you and I are. I'm not saying we in in the Royal Way. Yes. You and I are a little more sensitive to issues with coaches. Yes. Especially with coaches that don't have a long track record of success you know because even leach it it took a couple years until we started kind of i think it was about three years until we started kind of like before he t- before he turned it around you know whatever the famous jeff Deucer article whatever. <laughs> like it was, yeah. it was it was it was but that was after he went three and nine six and seven three and nine and then when it was two and two yep. in his fourth year yep. And you're like, okay, maybe he can't do it here, maybe. But then, of course, they run off a bunch of wins and whatever. But yeah, it's it's. Uh, but I don't see that. And the part of the reason I don't see that is because Rolovich has never done that at a major program before. Right. So why should I believe that he right. can do it? Like his best season is nine and four at a at a Mountain West school, and we did give him credit because it was a very tough place to win. So yes. That was impre- nine and four carries a lot, but still, he he hasn't done it against a, at a power five no. school. He hasn't done it in Polbed, and so far he's two and five, and with a, a lot of very unimpressive games in that two and five stretch. The thing that I took away from the Paul Wolf experience is that, and and this to me is really the only thing that's sort of comparable. I think the other stuff's not comparable, right? I mean. The, the two of them took over the program at totally different places. Like the program was already kind of cratering at the end of the Doba era. Um, Paul Wolf took it over. And, and a lot of people forget this too. Paul Wolf took over at a time under scholarship reductions, right? They had had major problems academically with APR and he took over. I, I mean, I think they were down like seven or eight scholarships his first year. So yep. like that, that's a big deal. Okay, so totally different circumstances under which they took. Like over. USC lost ten scholarships a year for all their stuff, right? Like which, but that just shows how big those yes. APR penalty we've yep. seen. We've we've seen that's a huge penalty compared to what other schools have gotten yep. for yep. you know things that are perceived as bad, which now we don't yes. see as bad. But <laughs> um, evidenced by ASU, I I so that's where it's comparable, and that but but. Sorry, that's that's where it's not comparable is that they took over totally different things. But where it is comparable is the biggest thing I, I think I learned from the Paul Wolf era, um, God bless him, is that it, like when you know it's not working, like when you can see it's a disaster, trust your gut and just be like, OK, like this ain't it. Right. And so you mentioned that like the, that Seattle game against Oregon State was what pushed me over the edge. And that is true. That was the moment at which I was like, okay, I am ready to be done. But if I'm being really, really honest with myself, the moment at which I sort of knew it was done was that second year 
um, in Seattle against Hawaii when they got absolutely totally outclassed. No, that was the game. That's what I'm saying. That well, no, because so was. so the Oregon game it was a Seattle game. Yes, I think maybe I just but got that the Oregon State wrong. game was definitely. I remember you texting me during the Hawaii yes. game and being like, "Yeah, fuck this." Yeah. Like, I'm so pissed. I think I was living yes. in Nashville at the time. The yeah. Oregon State game was definitely when I was like, okay, I am sure beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is done. This is over. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. But in a moment of like, like if like in a moment, like of honesty, if I'm being like brutally honest with myself, I knew at that Hawaii game, it was done. And that was the second year. I was like this, this, like this ain't working. And, but I didn't, I, I, I held on for a couple of years. Now, part of that is, Paul Wolf's a good guy. Want him to succeed. Like, like that legitimately was part of it. Like, he's one of us. He's a good dude. Like, I really, really want this to work. Um, and so I tried to look for as many reasons as possible why it would work. But the honest truth was I knew in that second year that this was not going to work. And I think that, like, when you see that, go with that. But, but now you look back and you're like, why didn't we realize it was not going to work when they lost 66 to three to Cal yes. and then 58, nothing yes. to Stanford and 69, zero yes. to, and, and then 60, whatever to like 14 against Oregon yep. state. Like it just, these scores over and over again, we probably should have like, yes. it's just cause we couldn't possibly believe yeah. that the floor could be this low without some crazy shit yeah. happening. Um, and it, but we know now that no, it can just be that the staff is in yes. over their heads. Yes. Because, because even, uh, yeah. It, and yeah, so it, and who knows, like maybe the difference between those big numbers and the losses they're having now are just the fact that, like you said, Rolovich started with a hell of a lot more talent on the yeah. team. Yep. I, I, I think that's, you know, the other part, uh, where it's comparable, you know, is that like the, the situations just, you know, there's more talent now and, th- and that's probably, that's, that's probably the, you know, the difference in the gap. I, you know, it's, you just, you can, you can see it when you're like, they just are, they're just clueless. They are out of their depth and, you know, it, at some, like you, you, somebody has to have the guts to cut bait, like the Seahawks with Jim Mora, right? Like, you know, they went one season with that dude and they were like, oh, no, 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 no. This ain't it. This ain't it. We made a mistake. And that's the biggest thing. Like, you have to be willing to own the mistake. I mean, look, I don't fault Pat Chun for hiring him. I really don't. Well, and and how about, you know, I I always think of that as one of the same, like John Embry at Colorado. Yes, that's the other one. Yep. They 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 went through two years, which were very similar to Paul Wolf's yep. two years. And they were like, nope. nope. And it was around the same time. It, they fired him the year after yep. WSU. Yep, fired and they hired Paul Mike McIntyre, who which it worked out. Yeah, ended well. up not working out in the end, but worked out pretty okay for some, a few years. They had some good years. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. yeah, it's you know when it ain't working, you got to have the guts to do it. And I'm not convinced it was the wrong hire. I know that's going to like, I, I, but you and I are much more process over results kind of people. And the process of hiring Rolovich seemed sound, like it really did. Like for so many reasons, it seemed like a good hire. Looking back now, you can see sort of like red flags, but, um, but you know, I don't fault Pat Chun for getting a hire wrong. That happens to everybody. Um, where I will fault Pat Chun is if he doesn't look at this situation and go, like he's got to go. 
Like he's got to go and we got to do this again. And, you know, okay, so we try and get it right this time. And look, maybe Rolovich isn't such a disaster if he doesn't, you know, walk into a pandemic. I don't know. I tend to think that what we're seeing now in seven games might have taken three or four seasons to play out. I don't think we end up in a different spot in the end. But, you know, it's it is what it is. Seven games and. You know, he, he clearly has torched, you know, taken a torch to everything that Mike Leach built. And, you know, you better get rid of him before it gets any worse. And hopefully you you sort of, um, you know, stave off any more damage by doing that. Yeah, but I'll say to a lot of people that are, uh, um, you know, think about not going back and all that stuff, like go, not going to Pullman and all those things. Like I'm I still have really enjoyed going to Pullman this season being of two minds knowing full well that I am done with this coach even from you know the first game and I've been still just having the same time of my life every time and and enjoying the Pullman time so if you're able it's still you can still have a good time you get all of your WSU stuff in like you still get them good vibes you just have to start uh, placing less importance on the football game. Yep. Just knowing you're there for the football yep. game. And then if something good happens at the football game, sure, yay, have fun. Yep. But, uh, but otherwise, it's just like, you know, I, I, I've, I've had fun with my friends. I've had fun with family. I, I You know, it, it, it's been a good time. So, I mean, if football is the only thing keeping you away. Like, now, if – now – if if you're saying, like you, Jeff, if if Rolovich needs to be fired, he, we need to be cut and run, and maybe staying away from the football game is kind of a way that you make a point to say that, especially if you're a longtime uh, attendee. Like I, I think that's fair. Yeah. You know, like if 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 you're like just like you know I can't support this, and I can't support the university employing this person, then that's fair. Yeah. But. But if you're just like, oh, I can't handle watching shitty football, but you like going to Pullman, that's still pretty fun. Yep. And there's a lot of cool businesses and the cool people you could support. Yep. But so, so I'm not trying to get on my soapbox, although I am a little bit. I'm just telling you my experience, and I've had an absolute best. I had an absolute blast with Emma and, and Casey and you yeah. and your kids this weekend. Um, and just getting just just them enjoying Pullman. Emma enjoying Pullman for her first time as a as a 21 year old and, or, you know, as an, as a, as a, a, a legal age to drink. Um, so it was cool to, you know, see that, you know, and, and it was cool to take my mom last week and take my dad the first week. And so I've just, I've just had fun. I, I got to, um, you know, have a weekend with one of my good friends, Corey this weekend. And, and all that was, that that's all been fun. There's still fun to be had, yep. but again, yeah, if, if if you want to make, if you want to say like screw this we're not attending for that then I I totally yeah. understand I'm gonna say you can still have fun yeah. like like don't don't let it don't like if you got tickets to a later game and you're like oh man this is gonna suck you you could still make a good Pullman weekend it's still it's there's still good times to be had just just know that the football's gonna suck I agree <laughs> I agree should we take a break finally let's take a break. <laughs>
And we're back. Well, you know, Jeff, I had a I had a really good weekend with my buddy Corey. Yes, you did. Uh, but I, I I think I went a little hard. We we went pretty hard. You did go you know, hard. We, we, we we obviously we are we are good we we've been good friends since Wazoo, so we had plenty of nights like that at Wazoo, plenty of weekends. Yeah, but you're not twenty one anymore, and, Craig. Yeah, we're not twenty one anymore. <laughs> so what I the one thing that I missed from the weekend, which I had done the first two weekends, was a was a stop at Pretty Fair Beer in Owensburg. Yeah, you know I I, I feel it like I, I'm jonesing for it now. You know uh, I didn't I didn't get that little uh, hair of the dog. Uh, beer on the way home yep. you know i didn't ha- didn't get a bite to eat or anything so uh I, that that was one thing i missed out on i it, so um i'll have to keep that in mind going forward to like kind of kind of dial it back so because I, I got got other things to do yeah. you know i have a new i have a new uh, tradition i i'm getting part of the the trip so yeah because pretty fair beer obviously they have like great beer man like I, like and and you know i love great beer and then and then they got food i last week i got to try their food pulled pork all that good stuff yeah um and of course the number one reason like they're they're proudly coog owned uh coog operated coog run uh they they're very proud supporters of the coogs they were really excited to to uh work with us um, cause they just wanted to be associated with, 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 with a WSU thing, you know, um, <laughs> they so wanted they, to be associated with us. God bless well, them. To take that. God bless them. But yeah, so I, you know, uh, but I, I love to, I love to support them. Um, I, I'm glad that we, we have this relationship with them. It's been really cool. Yeah. And now you look at, uh, you know, they're, they're showing all the Seahawks games, um so if you're you're driving home from pullman you want a place to stop to catch the seahawks you know see see them blow a second half as well um the, you can you can do that um they they show the coup game you know if you live in central washington and you want a place to watch a, a good place to watch the coup games yeah. surprisingly hard to find actually um it's not as easy as you would think uh the, ellensburg is only like 100 miles from uh seattle yes. so uh, they, they have quite lots a of Seattle there. kids. Yeah. So, but so to find a place that's always going to have the Coug game because it's run by Coug, so you know, like the sound's going to be on everything, like that's really cool. You know, if you live in Ellensburg, they got live music, all that, and they have wine too. Um, I mean, I I don't know that much about wine, but they these look like some good wines. I like Syrahs. Yeah, uh, sure. You know. And uh, they do mimosas, nice. all that good stuff. Nice. Um, right now, I'm looking at their beer list. Uh, lowercase Italian Pilsner, love that beer. Um, you know, you got again beers from Varietal, beers from uh, Dwinell Country Ales, beers from Wander. These are breweries that you do not normally get in Ellensburg. No. So you're not if you're driving, if you live in the middle of the state, or you're driving through the middle of the state. Um, that you're not going to be able to stop at any other place that has a beer like yep. this, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, highly recommend it. Of course, as always pretty fair beer in Ellensburg, uh, four twenty, nice North Pearl street, Ellensburg, Washington, um, right downtown. So you got to just drive that extra mile into the nice little downtown area of Ellensburg that you may have never seen. Cause maybe you always just stop at, uh, at McDonald's yeah. or Sonic or Burger King or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so check it Drive out. Drive on into town. Go to Pretty Fair Beer. All right, so my Pretty Fair Beer Beer of the Week. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to you telling me about it because I'm sure that you are familiar with the brewer. Uh, so this is Scales New England IPA from Stoneface Brewing in New Hampshire, which is near Vermont, no, I, sorta. Yeah, I I mean I had a few Stoneface beers when I lived out there, but I don't know anything about the brewery. So sorry for to disappoint. Jeez, I'm like, okay, this is in New Hampshire. Craig will be able to tell me something. Guess not. What a disappointment. It's good. Pretty typical New England IPA. Pretty good amount of bitterness, which was nice, um, rather than just being super fruity. Uh, so that part was cool. Uh, 8.2%. I dig it. Made with Citra Mosaic Cryo Blend Hops. Yes, you get that around here. Yeah, I got it. Rainer, they, I got it. Rainer Growlers. Oh, yeah, I see. They are with Orca's Distributors. Uh, they That's interesting. They're the, uh, Washington is the only state outside of new england that they just all right to. well that's kind of why i grabbed it because i was looking at i'm like new Eng- uh new hampshire cool i'll try that because yeah, i i don't even when i lived in vermont i didn't even see them that ah. many places i got a new england ipa also, from new england of- how about that how about how that? about that now i'm on to a lucille because we took too long oh. to get to the beer well i did so i i tried to be clever this time I started with my kind of my backup beer and then I waited to get my pretty to drink my pretty fair beer of the game until now. But there's just two 12 ounce beers. And so they're already gone. Both of them are gone. <laughs> uh, we we talked for a yeah, lot longer about the game. Well, we probably talked for a lot longer about the coaching situation yeah. than I thought we would. Um, but my pretty fair beer of the game is uh, one that oh, I got a little bit left. Um uh, one that, uh, you know, I, I tried really hard to find when I was in Pullman. And I'm going to say thank you to, uh, well, Michelle and then whoever Michelle's friend was that sent her a picture of it at Grocery Outlet um, after it already called the brewery. And they said that they didn't have any cans left. And then they're going to can more in a cup in, uh, in I think, nine days, they said. So it'll be about a week from now. Um, but this is... Uh, we always find our way back oh. home, even if it's a little hazy pale ale from Paradise Creek I Brewing in uh, Pullman, Washington. You might yes. know. Uh, might have I have heard, heard of it. I've heard of that town. Um, so this is uh, just – so it's not like a hazy pale ale like that you would – like a New England style. Uh, I think it's just more unfiltered. It has a little bit of haze. kind of like Bodie if you're – like in terms of like the appearance. If you ever have yeah, Bodie. Yeah. Uh, I know you of have, course I have any of the people. So if you've poured Bodhi out of the can and looked at it in the glass or you've had it on draft, it is a little bit hazy. I wouldn't call it a hazy IPA, but, um, it definitely but this unfiltered. Is, a, is, you know, a little bit, a little bit hazy pale ale living up to its name. Um, this is, of course is a collaboration. Um, I, it was with, uh, Tony Poston of Coog store, um, and, uh, college Hill threads. Um, and it, the proceeds go to benefit uh, students in Washington State pursuing a, cure, uh, a career in the wine and beverage yeah, management industry. I love that. Uh, so beer supporting beer and wine. So very cool. Um, and students who want to work in. So it's nice, nice sessionable beer, 4.7%. So great for tailgating. Uh, if you got to be drinking all day, 
while you're tailgating, 4.7%. I like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's got a, for 4.7%, got a lot going on. Uh, nice little bitterness on the back. Um, it, it drinks a little more body than a typical session pale. So I, I you know, I enjoy it. Uh, I got, I got, you know, a few more, so it might be kind of old by the time I get back to Pullman, which will be October 16th, but I'm, I'm definitely gonna try to hang on to some so I can have it there and hopefully they'll just have more to buy. Yes. Um, another is a shout out for Tony Poston and, and, and Kook store college Hill. Yep. Uh, I just got in the mail a book oh, today that's awesome. uh, called Butch's Game Day. And uh, so got to give that to my daughter and read that to yes. her. And it's really, you know, Butch Butch gets up and he goes to the Coog and he goes to Ferdinand's and he goes tailgating, all this stuff. And so I'm really excited to when I take my daughter next month to recreate that book with her. That's going to re- be really fun. So, but yeah, check it out. Um, by the time homecoming rolls around hopefully they'll have uh more uh cans available if not that it seems like they distributed around town got it at grocery outlet they had a sign right out front grocery outlet about the beer so maybe grocery outlets kind of one of the preferred vendors i'm not sure uh if you don't know the grocery outlet is where the old Shopco was in pullman up on that hill um so yeah uh check it out uh it obviously supports a scholarship uh then you get to find you get to have the most local beer possible in pullman um while you're in pullman and i did see i thought i see saw tony say on uh twitter that he expects it to be distributed uh, around the state but we'll see about that seems like they're selling it pretty good in the area so that might not be might not be possible but um yeah check it out so uh we always wait to find our find our way back home even if it's a little hazy pale oh, ale, uh, Paradise Creek, that's my pretty fair beer beer of the day, beer of the podcast. Uh, as always, this uh, segment, our beer segment, was sponsored by Pretty Fair Beer in Ellensburg. No. Proudly run by Coos. For real? Check it out. Yep. Sponsored by... Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I think we, I think uh, we got it covered. Move on. I think we got it covered. <laughs> now let's move on to our unsponsored segments. Um, let's talk about the soccer team. Well, we are a soccer school after all. We are. And they, uh, they're on a roll. I mean, they, as we talked about last week, they had some unlucky, um, unlucky results. Still they're six and one and one overall. Yep. And they've switched to a young, as you were mentioned, they switched to a younger goalie. And they have not given up a goal since then, right? No, they have not. And they the offense is still humming right along. And, you know, I know they uh, so they went on the road this weekend down to Colorado and played, uh, let's see, they played uh, Northern Colorado, I think, Northern. right? And sorry, I'm pulling, yeah, up, Northern Colorado. pulling up the schedule here because I'm a little bit behind. So they played Northern Colorado and they also played, oh, yeah, they played Denver. Their last three games with this uh, with this freshman keeper, they've won by a combined score of eight to zero. Kansas, Denver, Colorado, all three games on the road, all three games smoking the opponent. Um, these are good good signs, Craig. Yep, and then so this week they kick off the <laughs> uh, the uh, <laughs> uh, Pac twelve schedule. Uh, so they start with Arizona and Pullman. 
um, before Utah the next week. Uh, I could not tell you one single thing about Arizona. Um, but, you know, I think that WSU should and can beat them. So, yeah. Yes. Are, are you an expert on Arizona's <laughs> soccer team? I am not. Um, but uh, I am looking. Let's see. So the – I was trying to see about the keepers. So Nadia Cooper played 45 minutes against Northern Colorado, and then Marissa Zucchetto came in for the second half, it looks like. Um, so that – and Zucchetto was the starter. So I do not know – I do not know if uh, if this is a the, – the switch to Cooper is a permanent change or was a uh, maybe an injury change? I'm honestly not sure, so I'm, I'm a little I'm a little confused. But Cooper at least had been playing. Uh, she played, you know, the game against Kansas and the game against Denver, uh, both of them shutouts, and uh, she had a, a few saves against against uh, Northern Colorado. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about. I'm I, I'm looking for clarity on the keeper situation, but um, I don't see any yet. So, but they uh, the offense the offense for sure. Uh, has a click and Grayson Lynch seems to be sort of the, uh, the Lynch pin. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she had two more goals, uh, against Northern Colorado. She seems to be the one that, that really has unlocked, uh, the potency of, of the offense, which is, which is cool, man. They've got, I, I mean, they just come at you with waves of attackers between her and Enzi Broussard and uh elise bennett and uh oh, I'm, for, I'm forgetting somebody here already uh who am i forgetting i can't remember who i'm forgetting oh uh frimpong ellerson she's a yep. midfielder but she plays very advanced um so yeah they uh they 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 just come at you with waves and waves of attackers um and it is it is awesome man it is awesome they are fun listen if, if like you have any interest at all in soccer like catch these guys uh, on a stream or on tv because because they are actually fun as hell. Yeah, they they uh, they play forward a lot. They usually pepper the goal. Um, there's a lot of action happening pretty constantly. Uh, they have they have, like we've talked about. They have uh, defenders that are very good at uh, pushing the ball forward, yep. like Mikey Menes. Uh, they they just they. They have they have a very good attacking approach, and they're actually very good defensively too. Um, and and yeah, as long as they can avoid uh, you know silly mistakes that have kind of maybe hurt them in the first you know it, that where they've they're only non wins, which is only two of their eight matches so far. They're six one and one, and so uh, then they can beat a lot of people. And and Arizona is coming in; they're three and four. No ties yet, no draws. Yep. Uh, they lost to Gonzaga one zero at home. They lost, they beat Nebraska. Uh, they lost to Texas Tech. They lost to LSU. Lost to Utah Valley. So um, I don't know. It seems like uh, WCU good shot to pick up a win to open their open their uh, uh, Pac-12 season and, and hopefully make a charge to, to get yeah. back into the NCAA tournament. I will. It seems like they've set themselves up pretty well. Yes, to yes. I think, I think the loss to Arkansas State is bad. But also, or sorry, the tie, the draw with Arkansas State is bad. Um, yeah. I don't think the loss to, to Seattle is 
that bad. You know, Seattle's typically a team that's usually pretty decent. So um, I will point out that uh, Makia Maness did not play in either game over the weekend. Um, she only played 70 minutes against Kansas, so that leads me to believe maybe she took a knock in that game. So I, I hope mm. I hope whatever it is. Oh, yeah, normally back. she's a 90-minute player, so um, I assume yep. that she had some kind of injury there, and hopefully she's back soon because she is a monster. She is awesome. Yeah. Um, Volleyball did good. I'm sorry. Coog, Coog, Coog legend. Yes, sorry. I, 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 can't I did not, not preface that. that. Uh, volleyball had a good weekend. So that was good. Yeah, they they uh, they took down a couple more wins, so they've they've kind of bounced back from their rough start. Um, let, let's see that they were down in California, right? Let me. We're very yes. prepared here. At, uh, yes, they are. There was the everyone. Thunderdome Classic where they played UC Santa Barbara yep. twice, and then also played VCU and. They've now won six games on the trot, which is cool, right? Long Beach State, Northern Iowa, Gonzaga, six in a row. Yeah, and only they've uh, only dropped one game. Only dropped one set in the yeah. entire one set. one set in that yeah. entire time. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. So hopefully they are right. Yeah. You know, both of these teams are get soccer and volleyball both uh, start conference play this week. So yeah, Colorado on Wednesday. Uh, for volleyball, they're ranked, and then uh, number twenty-four, and then uh, UW yep. is ranked number six. They're coming in to Pullman uh, this Sunday, yep. so you know if you if you if you want to get your Pullman in, yeah, maybe maybe you can uh, tailgate yeah. a volleyball yeah. match. You know, like get in there the 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 apple cup on the on the volleyball court. I don't know what if what you, if there's like a, a well, and I think. Court. I think um, soccer, yeah, soccer's at home too. So you could go Friday soccer against Arizona, and then Sunday volleyball against Washington. It's a pretty good doubleheader. Pretty Got good weekend. Play. We should yeah. do that sometime. Check it out. We, we should. should. But you know what? I just drove to Pullman three <laughs> weeks in a three weekends in a row. I think I could take one off. I yeah, think I, I think can. So. Sorry, sorry, every sorry, 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 soccer, volleyball. Yeah. I, uh, I think my body needs yeah, a rest so. or my liver. I That's right. Say. We'll watch it on TV. Yeah. If, as long as we get the, uh, the, uh, the cast, whatever Apple yeah. thing, Apple yes. thing is working yes. fine. Um, but yeah. So all good stuff. Um, uh, anything else? No, I think that's about it. I think we, I think we All covered right. it, man. So we took a break and then talked for a whole 17 minutes after. Um, I'm sure the listeners are thank heartbroken. Thank you for sticking around. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the ones, well, especially this week, there won't be people driving to Pullman. Sometimes you want your podcast to be even yeah, longer yeah. when you're on a long drive, so you have to switch no them doubt. out as often. No you're like, oh, how dare you do a short? But uh, this is a short episode for us as long as we don't end up talking about something. Um, but, yeah, I don't think we're going to do that. If you can... If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the Craig Powers. Um, if you want to follow my Instagram, it's at Craig W Powers. Um, if you want to follow Jeff on Twitter, it's at Pod vs Everyone. If you want to send us questions and comments, uh, 
podcast vs everyone at gmail.com um yeah is that is that it that's i think all. that's it that's all go kooks craig did we talk about did we talk about the guy that you spoiled the first quarter of the sounders game let's send us <laughs> no did we already talk no, about that or, I, don't, I don't think we talked about that so uh <laughs> Hopefully Eric didn't already turn it off because we already did plugs, but uh, thank you for your email, Eric. Uh, I'm just going to read it. Uh, Got to tell this story. I've been suspecting for a bit that you guys be, might be almost directly in front of me at the Sounders games, like a seat or two to my right. Otherwise it would be. But it wasn't until today that I was sure. I only know because Jeff had the coup game on his phone. This was the uh, Portland State yeah, yeah. game. And, and I saw the score was only 7-0. I was going to watch the Cougs when I got home, but no, Jeff needed to watch two games at once and spoil the score for me. <laughs> now I knew who to blame since he talked about what he did on the podcast. <laughs> and then he said some nice things about us and that he was just joking. But, but yeah, so that's, that was, pretty, uh, that was that a pretty, was funny, pretty story. funny Send a, you know, that's a good email. Yeah. You know? That that's the bar. Well, everyone. I mean, normally that's one of the best. Emails you know, I've normally ever seen. the per, the people who suspect that they are seeing us have it confirmed when they realize that you are with me, and they're like, "Who is the tall man next to the shorter man?" And that's usually how it goes. Uh, this one apparently, you know, my my phone was a dead giveaway this time. Yeah. So, yeah, glad I could help. You ruined it for him, man. He was he was doing I the DVR know. thing. And that's always yeah, a heartbreak. Sorry. I mean, it could be worse. Like I could have been like, you know, like maybe we would have lost the game and I could. Maybe, you know, you know maybe, maybe you should uh, not look at other people's yeah, phones. Yeah, over maybe their shoulder maybe that. that too, but that's okay. I really look forward to Come meeting on, this guy at a game. Like that'll be awesome. Yeah. That'll be very cool. All right. Well, thank you for that email, Eric. It, it was really funny the first time I read still it. Still funny. And it was just as funny yep, this still time. still funny. <laughs> All right. Go Kooks. Go Kooks, Craig. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Get and fucking vaccinated.